good friend of mine, to our worship leader, a good friend of mine says something that uh, I learned from them, and the words were, it's not odd, it's God. How things work together. It's not odd, it's God. My, we have been in worship. What an awesome experience. As I listened and attempted the singing and read the lyrics, my mind was translated to a spatial spot in my mind, in my, in my life. But for some of you, you may know where I'm talking about, so I'm gonna tell you. If you know where Bemis, West Virginia is, you go over to Elkins, down 33, down there a ways, and you turn, and you go over to Glady and across the hill into Bemis, and you park at the railroad crossing, and you walk one half out, up track, toward High Falls. And you'll find a little path that goes down over the hill, and there are some beautiful rocks. I was there in my mind. I've never been there when I didn't go out on the rocks and sat, and just sat there, and I felt like I was truly in the presence of God. What a world we have. No wonder God looked at it and said, it is good. And then gave it to us. It's awesome. Well, that's not the lesson today, but you, maybe you understand a little bit about me. Uh, I know that there were some who were here for the first service. I'm will repeat much of what I said. Maybe you'll get it this time. <laughs> you know, back if you, we're going to read some scripture from the 17th chapter of, of Luke's gospel. But if you go back a page or two and you pick up chapter 15 and 16, you'll find out that Jesus is Telling story after story. We call them parables. And I noticed on YouTube that Pastor Steve was working with parables recently. It came up on my YouTube. And so I was listening to some of that. But you have the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost son, then the parable uh, of that uh, shrewd manager. And uh, then you had the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And then you get to the 17th chapter and Jesus has told all these stories and now he comes down to this one and Jesus said to his disciples, um, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come along. But woe to the person who causes somebody else to stumble. And I thought, wow. And when he finishes, then he, he tells those uh, those apostles, he tells them, now listen, you need faith. That's what he's telling them. You need faith. And he said, if somebody offends you, forgive them. If they do it seven times in the same day, you forgive them seven times. Now, I don't know about you, but that's difficult. And I think those apostles thought that was difficult too. Because... The next thing they say is where we begin reading today on verse 5. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. 
He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it'll obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or look, looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now, sit down to eat. Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready, wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, catch this. When you've done everything you were told to do, you should say, we are unworthy servants. We've only done our duty. Let's pray. Lord, we want to learn how to be servants. Servants of yours. So God, touch these lips that you made so many years ago. And I pray, Father, that uh, somehow, some way, that you'll speak through these lips and your people will hear the message you have for them. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we learn from the Master to tell stories. So I'm going to tell you a story. I want to take you somewhere mentally. I'm blessed in the fact that I hear things and I'm mentally taken there. It was a bright, sunny day in 1968. It was just beyond a hill that had been cleared years, two or three years before. A little bit of underbrush had grown up on it, but just beyond that hill, which was called Banana Hill, was the base camp of the Black Horse Regiment, the great 11th Armored Cavalry Regiment. Something rare happened on that particular day. The troops had come in from the field after fighting many battles, and they were there maybe only for a few hours, maybe a day or two at the most. Soon after getting back to their base camp, the command came, everybody in formation. So we ran, they ran to the formation place, got in formation, and the regimental commander came down passing by each troop. And he passed out ribbons, passed out medals, and finally when he was finished, the command dismiss was heard. Somebody dropped down in the crowd of troops and said, y'all come back next week, we'll hand out more trinkets. Didn't go down well. And immediately the Troop commander called everybody back to attention, tried his best to find out who had done that. Who had said such a negative thing? 
but soldiers being soldiers would not rat out one of their own. A sad situation was this. Many people believed that those getting the wars weren't the ones who really should have been getting them on that particular day. Now on another note, let me take you to another period in history and hopefully we'll tie this stuff together somewhere in a way that you will understand. But there was another time, there was a football team I didn't see who she was talking to back there, but I hope you remain safe playing your football. Baby, though, this football team was doing so well. The team was playing together excellently, and they were working hard, and they really thought, this is our year. We're going all the way this year. And the news media picked up on it, and they started talking about how great a team they had. And before long, the news media quit talking about the team and began talking only about the quarterback. And so nobody else was mentioned other than the quarterback. Soon some of the players began to slack off. In retrospect, nobody seemed to know what was really happening. But the focus had gone off being a team and focused on an individual I'm on that team. Eventually, when those teammates ceased to be as committed, they began losing their games. Well, today, I'm a guest speaker, although I've been here different times before. I'm beginning to feel like it's home. I certainly felt the presence of the Lord in the 815 service and the music, awesome, awesome, carries you, builds you up. But I'm a guest speaker in this place and I'm honored to have this privilege. I know that. Although I've been retired three years from pastoring churches, I've not been out of it long enough to forget what pastoring a church is like. And pastoring a church has ups and it has downs. It has struggles that will take you low when you are the one that's held responsible. Well, I want to tell you about a church, a United Methodist church that I'm aware of. It had a pastor who seemed to fit in well with the congregation. The people were friendly. And sometimes it seemed so much like they just could not wait. The people just couldn't wait to be at church on Sunday morning. We got to go. Come on. Let's be there. Let's be. You could see the excitement just being in the place. <clears throat> When services ended, they weren't rushing out to the restaurant to beat somebody else's church. They didn't rush to their car. They stood around, they visited, they shook hands, and they shared story after story. And sometimes, some of them, 
actually went to the altar and prayed with each other. Awesome, awesome. But you know what? Even though almost everyone was happy at that moment, they wanted everyone to know about their church. All want all my friends to be there with me. The problem with that church was they begun focusing too much on what they had to offer. And they bragged about all they were doing and unknowingly they were leaving out the main ingredient. Unknowingly they were leaving God out of the conversation with their friends. So it became all about us and all about what we're doing and not about what God is doing in our midst. The credit was going to the wrong place. As they focused on the things they were drawing, trouble developed between a few of its members. And gradually things began to change. Church members started finding it easier and easier to say yes to things that occupied their time, the time they once had been offering to God. Watch your life, my friend. Make sure your focus is in the right place. As attendance began falling off in that church, so did the budgets. The budgets that finance the ministries beyond the wall. The church had turned inward, leaving God out. Brothers and sisters, now let's admit something this morning that we know to be true. Every one of us likes recognition. We like to be recognized when we do something. A soldier ought to be honored for their commitment and their acts of bravery. I believe that. I was not one who received an award in that formation. A bronze star later came my way for another incident. But I was not one of those. I'm proud of the medal I got. And you should be proud of the awards you got. I think every pastor and every teacher who has a successful tenure ought to be rewarded somehow and recognized for following the will of God, for making a difference in your lives. It's good. 
But hear me, the Christian life must never, ever, ever be about trophies or getting attaboys or getting pats on the back. That's not what it's about. Jesus made it clear in this passage. I once knew a man who professed to be a Christian. Not for me to judge another person, but I can tell you his acts were not godly acts. When he met anyone, the first thing he wanted to do is find out whether they were a Christian or not. Sounds good. But then he didn't stop. I didn't have a problem with that. But when he came to that little church and opened his Bible to show everybody all the check marks he had on the front cover of his Bible, those are all the people I led to Christ. He was Checking them all. Boy, I just got check mark after check. And boy, he could brag about what he had done. One young man came to me one day and he said, yeah, he said, he got on me and said, I finally just said, okay, let's pray. Just so he'd shut up. What I can tell you is that young man came Knowing that he needed God, but he left still needing God because this man just got a check mark and had not taught him one thing about what it means to walk the life Christ calls us to live. I uh, don't want us to just run out and do things. I want us to follow the will of God and to be the servant while God does things in our midst. See, it's not us. My dad, who preached for 50 years or more, used to say there are times when the Spirit is so present that you could put an old broomstick up in the pulpit and it would preach. I think he's right. As the praise team sang this morning, I felt the presence of God in this place. What a comfort to know that God is here. And he's got all you people, all of us, that he's ready to use. Ready to use. Now let me tell you this. When I think of people God used in this book, two come to mind real quick. There are many, but Abraham, what a man of faith, right? King David, the greatest king Israel ever had. And yet they were not infallible. Oh, did they make some terrible mistakes? Did they make some terrible errors? Did they fall into sin? Yes. But both of these spiritual giants, having their own issue, were still chosen by God for a specific task. 
you too are chosen by God for a task. He's not waiting on you to get perfect. He's calling you now. Abraham and David didn't have a problem until they let their own positions go to their own heads. And you won't have a problem either as long as your faith is in the one who calls you. Sisters and brothers, Jesus said in this passage, told you I'd bring it back. In this five verses we read, he said this, when you've done what you are supposed to have done, you should say, I've only done my duty. Not, would you pat my back? No. When you've done all you're called to do, you should say, I've only done my duty. Who among us has done all they've been called to do? You see, what I found out when I was pastor is many people said, somebody else's turn. Let somebody else do it. I've did it long enough. When you've done all you were called to do, you still can only say, I'm just a servant. I'm just a servant who has done their duty. The question is, have you done your duty? When it comes to our Christian journey, none of us will ever have a right to boast about our accomplishments. If my years as a Sunday school teacher from 1978 to 1993 accomplished anything of value, it was God. Not John Fromm. The guy who was too bashful to give a book report when he was in high school. If my eight years of pastoring on the Auburn Charge accomplished anything, it was not me. It was the one who works through us. If my seven years at Crossroads and Waverly did anything, to God be the glory if my eight years at St. Luke's with Jack and Judy over here, if, if that accomplished anything, give God the credit because I'm only a servant. Now, Steve has been, he's blessed me by allowing me to come here and speak to his people to learn to love you. And I do love coming down here. He knows that. I've even taught a class here once. But if any good is accomplished, it's not me. If anything comes from this sermon today, it is God because I want nothing more than to be a servant who is doing their duty. You see, I know who saved my soul. I know the mess I'd gotten my life into. 
And I know how he came along and picked me up and set my feet on something solid and gave me a love I could not understand where the things of God were important to me. By God's grace, I will see my Savior face to face, unashamed and unafraid. And I'm going to appear before Him as a servant, begging forgiveness for my failure to serve when the opportunities come along. I know what Christ has done. And it means so much more than any medals I ever received or any accolades or any letters they put after my name. Have I done my duty the best that I can? Lord, I know you saved me by faith in Jesus Christ who looked down through the years and saw my sins and said, I'll take those to the cross with me. Let's praise Him, my friends. Let's praise Him for loving us enough to use us for His purposes. Let's live in a way others can see Christ in what we do. Isn't that the least we can do? And we should always remember we are only servants. It's all about Him. Let's pray. Forgive us, Father. When we make this Christian life about ourselves, oh God, so many times we've been unfruitful servants. Forgive us and help us, Lord, to pick up the tools we have and get back into the battle, to get back into the service, to do everything we can that one more soul will know about you and make peace with you. Bless us now as we sing together that old song we love so much. In Jesus' name, amen.